Good morning, class. Good morning, Mrs. Arian. Today we're going to play a game. Yeah! This game is called Lifeboat. All together? Lifeboat. A little bit of 1985, Good. Lifeboat. Lifeboat is a lesson in values clarification. Can you say values clarification? This song would not fly today. I mean, it's all about a lifeboat on a sinking ship, and there's a welfare recipient, a handicapped person, and who do you throw off the boat? Here's how we play. It's funny. Ironically funny. Five people on the lifeboat, but the lifeboat is only made for two. I'll list the five people on the chalkboard, and you, class, will decide which three will be thrown overboard. Are we ready? Yes, Mrs. Arian. Mrs. Arian. First, there's an old, old, crippled grandfather. Second, there's a mentally handicapped person in a wheelchair. What's mentally handicapped? It means they can never be a productive member of society. Third, there's an overweight woman on welfare with a sniffling, whimpering baby. It's a baby on welfare, too. <laughs> Let's not push, Mrs. Arian. A young white doctor with blue eyes and perfect teeth, and Joan Collins. Now, class, take five minutes to make your decision. Time's up. Well, class. Throw over fatty. Let's see if she can float. Use the R word. Anyways, I'll tell you what, man. Today is a little crazy because there's a lot going on. Apparently, as everybody and their mom is aware, Politico uh, came across a document. Basically, it was a draft of a decision from the Supreme Court of the United States. And basically, that draft of a decision in the Supreme Court of the United States is overthrowing the Roe versus Wade, uh, which is not, which makes abortion no longer federally protected. So everybody's, everybody's out there screaming, ah! My body, my choice. My body, my choice. Well, you weren't screaming my body, my choice when it came to vaccinations, were you? Oh, 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 oh. yeah, the same people that wanted everybody vaccinated and went against the my body, my choice are really up in arms. So a lot of misinformation out there about this because what you're seeing, and I saw a CNN news article that was running and it was all the, you know, the end of abortion. It's not the end of abortion. It's not that. It's 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 just throwing it back to the states where the states can deter- determine you know what they what they're going to do regarding abortion and how they're going to proceed. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, nor do I really. I know some people are going to be offended by me saying this. This isn't. I I don't. It's if you're going to ask me personally, am I going to abort a baby? No. No, I, I'm not. Now, you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's that's on you. That's on you. But but that's not something that I'm going to do, okay? And so the, the the debate there, this is not something I've really been invested in, nor do I care. But, I mean, my understanding, and I could be wrong, and like I said, I'm not an expert on this. Uh, the federal, the Roe v. Wade was just to create a, a, a three-month, three months where you could get an abortion, and it made it legal pretty much federally anywhere. Um, so what this is going to do, it's not going to end abortion. It's just going to kick it back to the states so that they can make it their own policies. Now, there's going to be a handful of states that are going to say, you know, total, total ban on abortion. So what does that mean? That means that if you live in that state, you have to go to another state to get an abortion. So, you know, the, the criticism of this is that it doesn't stop abortion. It just makes it so 
some people, poor people, and they like to label that on people of color, minorities, um, it'll make it more difficult for them to have an abortion, uh, especially if we live in a state where it goes 100% ban on abortion. Now, I don't think there's going to be too many states that do that. I think it's going to be partial bans, whether it's three months, six months, whatever it is. Uh, there'll be these different types of bans, partial bans on abortion. Um, you know, California will probably let you abort the thing after it's 10 days old uh, after birth. Um, so it's going to go back to the states. Uh, so what this is going to set up is it's going to set up that for the next hundreds of years, each state is going to be arguing over their abortion laws in that state. It's going to be a constant, constant point of contention. It's going to be a constant point of argument. It's going to be a constant thing that's going to change back and forth. States are going to go up and down on this. It's it's. I mean, everybody's been like, oh, Roe v. Wade, you know, that's it. Like it's a big triumph for the pro-life community. And it's really not. It just throws it back to the states to make their own decisions on abortion. So I don't know. My body, my choice. I guess it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's how I feel about, you know, vaccinations. It's my body, my choice. But that got thrown out the window. And now here we are with abortion. So it's a big deal. It's going to be all over the news. You're going to be hearing about it left and right. You know, I really don't. I, you know, the thing about abortion is I definitely, I personally, personally, me, 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 I definitely consider it killing another life form. And there's a lot of arguments about that. Um, but the argument that I always, that I always try, because I don't give too much thought to it, but the thing I try to rationalize is when does life begin? Right. And a lot of people say, well, it doesn't be, um, uh, it doesn't begin until somebody is born. They're breathing on their own. They're not dependent on the mother, whatever. That's that's when life begins. And uh, I think life begins a little before that. And some people say, you know, whatever. You know, there's Muslims that believe that it's at 90 days, you know, up to the, uh, 90 days of, of pregnancy. It's, you you know, some Muslims believe you can have an abortion there. Life doesn't begin until then, whatever. Um, but it's hard to pinpoint when does life begin. But for me, the only logical sense of when does life begin, and a lot of people are going to be pissed about this. Now, let me, let me say this again. This is not my battle. I don't care. In fact, I hate it when people only vote on the abortion issue. You know, they, the, the first thing they want to ask candidates, are you pro-life or pro-choice? You know what I mean? I, I don't think. It's, is it important? Yes, it's important. Is it, is it that important to me? No, it's not my I'm not in the ball game of 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 uh, getting abortions, you know, so it's not it's not really pertinent to me. But when does life begin? And the thing is, is that logically, scientifically, the only thing that I can revert back to is when you say when does life begin is at the point of conception. That's when a unique a unique DNA is 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 created where it's not the mother's DNA. It's not the father's DNA. It's a unique DNA to that little thing that is going to grow. That is when life begins. Now, anything after that, anything after that, you're killing a life form. So, you know, that's that's my opinion. I'm not going to be judgmental to somebody that has to have an abortion or wants to have an abortion or just likes to recreationally go out and have abortions just because, you know, they get a kick out of killing people. That's on you. That's on you. My personal choice is, you know, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm anti-abortion. But, you know, you know. Abortion's always been this thing in the United States, you know. We always talk about it, it it's been like it's been like it's been like murder light or killing light, you know what I mean? Kill a fetus that's six months old, you know, it's got little fingers, little eyes, you know, all this other kind of shit. Um, yeah, that's okay. It's like killing light. It's like our own purge day. Uh, abortion is basically purge day for whores, you know what I mean? 
Uh, oh, Jake, you can't say that. That's way out of line. Okay, okay. Well, well, it's Purge Day. It's the one. It's the one time in the United States where you actually get to kill a little another life form and get away with it. It's it's your purge, just like the movies. Except we're dealing with fetuses, little little, little mini babies in the belly. So I mean, that's all I have to say about it. Uh, Ronald Reagan he had some key words to say about this back in the day, and uh, I think it's something that we should uh, you know take heed to, take heed to. And listen to what he, and Biden has some keywords about this. So I'm going to give, you know, like a little conservative, then a little leftist, you know, a little, little just quick soundbite take on this. Here, Hang on. Here we go. Here was, here was, here was uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. I think all of us should have a respect for innocent life. With regard to the freedom of the individual for choice with regard to abortion, there's one individual who's not being considered at all. That's the one who's being aborted. And uh, I've noticed that everybody that is for abortion has already been born you know a little a little a little tongue-in-cheekness there but it, and then there's this one from uh uh hold on let me find it real quick it's uh it's from biden uh he said something about abortion too that i think is key um uh and here we go with this this is i don't know this this looks like this is young coherent by biden but uh maybe he's changed his views here we go I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And there, are- there they are. he says Biden said he thinks that some of this should be rare and safe, and that we should limit abortions. Uh, yeah, that's your supreme being there of the left. Um, so, yeah. We're going to be hearing about this one a lot. Of course, you know, this is this is the 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 decision or the opinion that was basically caught and it was released to the public. And whoever released that is going to be fired, whether whether it was some aide or something like that in the Supreme Court. Uh, But it's not official yet. But these opinions, they're not just there's a lot of time that goes into these opinions of the Supreme Court. And uh, it looks like something like this is definitely coming down the pike. Now, yeah, there could be changes. There could be modifications to it. So, you know, we don't know where it's going to end up, but there's definitely something in the water regarding this. Now, now on, on a life form that we that, that we deem is higher uh, than humans, uh, one thing important to note, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny how the same people that fight for the right to terminate a pregnancy fight for the right of animals it just it 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 always blows my mind how you can be so like uh pro-animal but not pro-life yeah it just kind of blows my mind but here's this article right here the california's dog and cat bill of rights you know here we go we're coming off the supreme court talking about abortion of human life and we're going straight to california's dog and cat bill of rights it's one step closer to becoming a reality so in sacramento California's proposed dog and cat bill of rights continues to move forward. Lawmakers on Wednesday announced the bill it advanced through the business and professions key policy committee. And uh, basically what is the bill of rights that they're trying to get passed in California? Well, here it is. Number one, they have the right to be free from exploitation, cruel, cruelty, neglect, and abuse. They have the right to a life of comfort, comfort, free of anxiety they have the right to daily mental stimulation and appropriate exercises. They would have the right to n- nutritious food and sanitary water and shelter. Number five, the right to preventative and therapeutic health care. Six, the right to be properly identified through tags, microchips, or other humane means. 
And number seven, the right to be spayed and neutered to prevent unwanted litters. Um, well, I mean, it's just crazy that we're fighting for more rights for cats and dogs than, than we are for actually, um, you know, um, babies, babies in the stomach. But that's, uh, that's California. That's how we roll. That is how we roll. Now, there was something that came out, and uh, this is in Michigan. This is in Macomb County. And this was an assignment, a take-home questions for 12-year-olds. Okay, what grade is that? 12-year-old? I, I don't know what grade that is, but it's, you know, what is it? Third, fourth, 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 fifth, fourth, fifth grade? I don't know. So I just want to ask you, do you think that these questions are appropriate or any of the school's business, for that matter, to send home with a 12-year-old kid? Well, let's go through this list of questions. And let's see if you believe that this is somewhat appropriate. Question number one. Do you like kissing or hugging scenes on TV shows or in the movies? Do you like kissing or hugging scenes on TV shows? Now, that one's not so bad, but it's kind of like, okay, where are you going with this, Uncle Touchy? Why are you asking a 12-year-old this? But let's proceed. Number two. Would you watch an X-rated movie? Would you watch an X-rated movie? You know, this to me, it's just this. Just, this doesn't this give you the like the vibe of the uh, the old kind of pedophile dude that's just start start asking a little twelve year old, "Hey, do you watch X rated movies? You did you? It doesn't give you that creep vibe where they're just trying to open up those sexual doors to find out where the kid's at." Well, this is a school in Michigan. Number three, do you want to marry a virgin? Remember, this is getting being asked to twelve year old kids. Number four. Do you think it's okay for a first grader to have a boyfriend, girlfriend? Number five, do you think that marriage should last forever? Number six, do you think it's okay to have more than one boyfriend, girlfriend at a time? Number seven, would you go on a blind date? Number eight, do you think it's okay for a girl to ask out a guy? Number nine, do you know of at least one perfect marriage? It's just, I, where are they going with this? I don't even understand what trying information they're trying to gather from these kids. 10. Do you think people should avoid divorce for the sake of the children? Number 11. Will you have at least two children? Number 12. Do you think married couples should not display affection in public? Huh. Number 13. Do you think kissing should not be permitted in school? 14. Do you think men think about sex all of the time? Number 15. Do you think women think about sex just as much as men do? Number 16. Do you know someone younger than 13 who has had intercourse? It's, 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 it's a weird question, right? Hey, 12-year-old, do you know somebody under 13 year old, under 13 years old that's had an intercourse? I mean, is this like the pedophile checklist? Like, hey, 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 tell me who your slut friends are. You know what I mean? It just does. Why? Why? Why is the school asking this? That's all I have to say is why is the school asking this? Number 17, do you know someone who has had unprotected intercourse? Number 18, do you think wives should not work if they do not have to? 19, do you think mothers should not work while their children are young? Number 20, do you think there's a difference between making love and having sex? So that 
is a questionnaire sent home for Michigan schools. Uh, it doesn't say who authored this. It just says what the school was. The school was uh, Macomb County, and it was an assignment for 12-year-old children. And the, the, the question I have is, do you think that this is appropriate? I, but what, I, what I'd like to know is I'd like to know why they were sending this out. What What is the reasoning behind it? Because I can definitely tell you that at first glance, this is highly inappropriate. I don't want this. I mean, if, if, I, if I saw my kid come home with this questionnaire, I would sign my name to it and say, fuck you, none of your business, and uh, just, just send it back in because this is, this, is, this is inappropriate. None of the school's business. A lot of these, some of these questions aren't too bad, but a lot of these questions, like, what is, what is the point? What I want to know is what is the point? I mean, obviously, there's an obvious psychological point, like if you're doing a quiz on kids from the psychological, from a medical professional psychologist trying to gauge where a kid is at, but for just a random school, I don't know, man. It is crazy, 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 crazy. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis. Once again, talking about him a little bit, but this this article was from uh, Red Straight, but it's also referring to some Wall Street Journal articles. Basically, in a nutshell, what this article is saying is that this whole this whole showdown in Florida with Disney and and Ron DeSantis, what it's what it's causing, it's uh it right here this headline right here, Disney's clash with Florida has CEOs on alert, and basically it's just putting it out there to other people that run big companies. It's like, oh, maybe all this woke woke ideology and pushing woke ideology and standing up and making comments on social social commentary when it has nothing to do with our business maybe it's a bad idea which i've been yelling that from the get-go it is a bad idea and i think a lot of these ceos are coming to realize that they don't want to be caught with their pants down like mr mickey mouse and have to deal with all this kind of stuff also the wall street journal wrote a big article about tucker Car tucker Car tucker carlson calling him a white nationalist again for the millionth time um you know, it's, it's, that's the funny thing about what I don't get is left when they're going after people on the right, the one of the first things that they come, they come and they, they just start yelling at everybody, calling them racist. That's, that's, that's what they do is like, well, you're, you're just a racist. You're, you're a racist. You're a racist. It's like, based on what, based on, well, based on what am I a racist? Well, Tucker Carlson is getting accused of that once again for the millionth time, but he did have. Uh, a, a kind of a nice response that I believe that needs uh, it deserves the attention of being played. And here we go with Tucker and uh, him. Uh, Here's a news flash from Northern New York Times preparing yet another story about how this show is racist because we support national borders. And if that sounds like a familiar attack, well, because it is. This has got to be the 10th or 27th or 217th story. Just like this, the New York Times is run and all of them are pretty much identical. Racist, racist, racist. The latest version of the story is being written by a kid called Nick Confessore. Confessore seems a little more self-important than most of them, but essentially he's the same as the last guy and the guy before him because on some level all these guys are the same. They're obedient little establishment defenders who will say anything to please their bosses. They're suck-ups, brown nosers, lick spittles. Not people you'd want to have dinner with. Anyway, the New York Times is calling us racist again and we're still in the air, which shows you how well it works. But you've got to wonder, why do they keep doing this? If you wanted to criticize this show, there are plenty of things you could say. We've got a ton of supposedly controversial opinions on a million different topics. We talk about them every night. Big finance is wrecking America. Marijuana actually isn't medicine. Russiagate is totally idiotic, and so is the war it's now causing. Feminism is a corporate lie. 
Marriage makes you happy. So does raising your own children and so on. We even think UFOs are real. So in some ways, by the standards of the New York Times, we're pretty far out, but they never mention any of that. And the funny thing is the one thing we do not have exotic opinions on is race. Our view of race is really simple. We believe Martin Luther King. We don't think your skin color is the most important thing about you. We think all people were created by God and should therefore be judged by what they do, not by how they look. We say that a lot and we mean it. Most Americans strongly agree with that. We, in fact, would assume that most reporters of the New York Times agree with that. Only Nazis think your race defines you. And we just don't believe there are a ton of people in this country, even on the left, who actually believe something that evil. So why do they keep calling us racist? Well, to make us shut up, obviously. They tried the same thing with Trump for years. They're doing it right now to Elon Musk, of course. If you don't obey them, they denounce you as a racist. Why do they do this? They do it because it works. But here's the thing. It can only work if you play along with it. And we don't plan to. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good point there. Good point there. He's nailing it down. Yeah. You know, honestly, I was responding to some text messages while Tucker was talking. I already listened to this earlier, but I kind of forgot what he said. But basically, I know what he's saying is that the left always blames about being racist. And, he, you know, he's just he's just over. He's just tired. And it is what it is. Yeah, if you want quality news, go to CNN. I got other, I got, I got other, other pans on the fire right now. <laughs> Anyways, um, this, oh, this was good regarding disinformation. And we've been talking about, we hit the whole disinformation thing early and everybody else is chiming in right now. And Tulsi had some great things to say about it. Here we go. Here's Tulsi Gabbard. How do you feel about the ministry of truth? <laughs> Uh, this is the kind of thing that you see in dictatorships, this ministry of truth, this department of propaganda that the Biden administration has just stood up. And the reason why you see this in dictatorships is because they're afraid of us. They're afraid of the people. They're afraid that we might actually think for ourselves. And so now they've created this this body. That will do two things. Number one, it'll use taxpayer dollars to uh, work through the mainstream media and flood the airwaves with whatever their propaganda narrative is that they're pushing at any given time and try to drown out anyone with alternate views. And number two, they will silence dissenting voices uh, through intimidation. Uh, This is, I think the thing to recognize with this, just real quick, is that this isn't something new. This is something that they have already been doing that's happening right now. The the only difference is they're formalizing it, making it official, which if there's a silver lining in this, it is they're revealing exactly who they are and why they're doing it, what they're trying to accomplish. And it allows us, the American people, to stand up and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you get away with this crap. We will take a stand. We will reject it. And we will throw out of office those who are continuing to uh, push and propagate this undemocratic anti-free speech mission. You know, it's been said many a times, the best way to fight disinformation is to actually spread the truth. Uh, but that's exactly what's going on. I mean, Tulsi's nailed it right on the head. This is just so that they can spread their propaganda and not have any opposite. Because what this would do, okay, this is exactly going back to like the whole wokeness regarding Joe Rogan and him having doctors on that were talking about, um, you know, um, 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 uh, alternative treatments to COVID or preventative treatments for COVID. Well, pre- preventative treatment for COVID wasn't the mission of the government at that time. The mission of the government was vaccination. There was no, there was no guidelines from the government that were giving you preventative measures for, um, 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 for, for fighting 
building up immunity to to not get COVID or to deal with it when, in the initial stages when the symptoms were mild. But that wasn't the that wasn't the protocol. That's not what the government wanted to push. The government wanted to go straight after vaccinations and make sure that we had a vaccination in place. So that that's why Joe Rogan was labeled as disinformation. And what he was saying, what the doctors were saying on there, a lot of it was true. Now, there might have been some aspects here, that, whatever. I mean, it was founded in testing and scientific studies and what these a lot of these doctors were saying. But that was disinformation because it didn't fit the agenda of the government at that time. So what Tulsi is saying is that disinformation group, whatever, um, they would go after that kind of stuff like from Joe Rogan and actually have some political force or some governmental force behind it to enact these kind of things to dissuade the, the, the disinformation that the, that doesn't fall along with the government's marching orders. And that's why just the whole thing about this disinformation group, et cetera, is just oh, ridiculous, ridiculous. Okay, now let me get my notes back up. And let me see where we're heading on from here. Uh, let's see. We did the dog, cat and dog, Bill of Rights. Uh, there's a story about an Alabama woman killed by dogs while investigating a dog attack. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's pull that one up real quick. And so what happened here is there's an Alabama woman that was killed by dogs. Uh, let's see. That she was arrested on Friday after a pack of dogs attacked and killed an employee of the state who was investigating a dog attack that occurred earlier in the week, authorities said. The fatal attack happened when Jacqueline Summer Beard, an Alabama Department of Public Health employee, went to follow up on an alleged incident involving dogs owned by Brandy Dowdy. Dowdy's dogs allegedly attacked a woman earlier this week. And let's see, Beard's body was found earlier on Friday after deputies responded to calls of a suspicious vehicle on Crumpton Road outside of Red Bay. When deputies arrived on Crumpton Road, the sheriff's office said they witnessed several dogs uh, attacking residents with one resident suffering minor injuries. Some of the dogs had to be euthanized immediately, the sheriff's office said. Yeah, a little click, click, boom, boom. Investigators determined Beard was killed by the same dangerous pack of dogs as she was investigating. As she attempted to contact the dog's owner, authorities said Dowdy was charged with manslaughter and dangerous dog law. So uh, let's see. Yeah, this is the Brandy Dowdy. That's her. Got to keep your dogs in check. A good friend of mine just got a massive bite from a dog the other day, and it is not pretty. It's all infected and stuff. It's just horrible, 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 horrible. Um, let's see. So right, 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 back to re Back to regarding that disinformation campaign, um, there was uh, Karl Rove. Uh, you know, we already kind of uh, poked fun at the person in front of it, uh, what, uh, the jackal. I forget her name. The person, you know, the, the person that was singing the Mary Poppins songs that's going to be the head of this dif disinformation campaign. And Karl uh, Rove, he had some interesting thoughts on her as well. Let's see if we can get this going. Oh, why is there no volume? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. Decision. I mean, this is an important what in the heck is going on here? I mean, what? who made this decision? I mean, this is an important board. Its job is to help deal with misinformation being fed into America by foreign actors, both state and non-state actors. And they put in charge of it a political hack. This is a woman who attacked the Hunter Biden laptop as being a you know Trump campaign gambit, uh, who promoted the Steele dossier who drew attention, was live tweeting during the presidential debate in a way that, that, that uh, she applauded the 50 national security officials who attacked the Hunter Biden laptop as being, mm -hmm. you know, Russian disinformation campaign. She's a person who says that the First Amendment unfortunately marginalizes communities of color. If you want to put somebody in charge of this, you better have somebody who is not known for being the Mary Poppins TikTok 
uh, look alike, but is actually a substantive, thoughtful person who can give the American people confidence when they speak out and say, this is an effort by a foreign actor, state or non-state, to undermine confidence in American institutions. This woman has no ability to do that. None at all. Boom. There you go. Well, Carl Rove repeating the exact same thing that we said earlier on the show. If you're going to put somebody in charge of something that is so serious such as this, uh, you need to get a serious person, not some Mary Poppins singing theater dork. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, let me see. Oh, yeah. Then, then when it comes to the whole disinformation, I saw this guy going off on CNN and talking about a guy that's kind of lost his marbles. I mean, if you really listen to the words that this guy is saying, um, he is just he believes government should control everything. Let's see if I can get this playing. Um, I don't know who this is. It, he was a CNN media analyst. Um, There's and, a bigger problem that when we focus on the personalities of people like Elon Musk and people say, oh, I think Elon's thinking this or that. There's a bigger problem here about how we are going to control the channels of communication mm -hmm. in this country. In 1927, we had the Radio Act. 1934, the Communications Act. Congress stepped in. We made rules. FCC wasn't great, but it's still regulating the broadcast industry. You can't right, use yes. vulgar language. You can't do all these things with speech. We gave over our, our what amounts to our airwaves or our internet waves to Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. And we are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen that with the 2016 election mm. in Zuckerberg when he was taking rubles for ads from Russia and saying, oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence on this election. Mm. Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. Oh, you know, he's upset with the SEC, tried to, how dare they question him? You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people, <laughs> no, I'm serious. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you need, you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are there. Trump opened the gates of hell and now they're chasing us down. Wait, we gotta get part, We gotta get, we gotta get Molly's <laughs> reaction. Yeah, a little overreaction there, huh? A little overreaction. Well, I'm not here to defend, you know. I yeah. Frick, these guys, the way that they think, see, that's what I'm talking about. These leftist guys, it's part of their mindset where they just want to control everything. They really do not. They, there's nothing that scares the left more than losing control and, and, and giving people an actual freedom of speech. That's why there's the big uproar about Twitter and Elon Musk coming in there and trying to lift some of these bans, et cetera. There's nothing that scares the left more than actual freedom of speech. Straight up, you know, it, it, but, but we see that. See, we see that in society already. You know, how many people do you have there on the left? And if you posted something that they don't agree with politically, they just block you because they get so offended uh, at, at, at having public discourse or, or, or public debate about situations. Basically, you don't believe the way I believe. Ban you to hell with your freedom, to hell with your constitutional rights. Just get out of here. It's crazy. It's been that way for a long time. Uh, California taxpayers could get two hundred dollars, a measly two hundred dollars. Um because what's going on is California's budget surplus. They've got an extra $68 billion that they don't know what to do with. Uh, Senate Democrats said Thursday, uh, fueling a range of new spending proposals that include giving $8 billion back to taxpayers in the form of $200 checks. 
Uh, Governor Newsom was wanting to do a little better than that. Uh, he estimated California would have a $29 billion surplus earlier this year, but it's blown up to 68. But since then, the state has collected a lot more in taxes than it expected, as wealthy people who pay much higher taxes in California got richer. Uh, Thursday, Democrats who control a majority of seats in the state Senate revealed how they would spend the money. The package includes a better for families rebate, which would send $200 check to every taxpayer who makes less than $125,000 per year or $250,000 per year for couples who file joint returns. The state would also send $200 checks for each dependent, meaning a family of five, we get a thousand bucks. So that's that's uh, how 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 California is going to grease you up. Uh, no mention in there about that rebate for the for the for the uh, you know gas uh, insane gas prices. This is a sad story here coming out of uh, wasn't this no it was Pensacola, Florida. Apparently, this kid right here on April thirtieth. Uh, apparently, he was sitting in an inner tube that was kind of on the bank of a, of a of a lake or a river, and somebody gassed it. It was tied to a pickup truck, and somebody you know took off on the truck and probably launched him. And uh, the guy hit the parking lot and died instantly. Uh, one of those sad things of boys doing stupid boy shit. Uh, you know, I'm sure it wasn't intentional. They, they Nobody wanted this kid to die, but he did. Uh, Pensacola police got a call regarding a traffic-related injury call around 7 p.m. They reported to the Maritime Park and heard of a pickup truck pulling an inner tube from the retention pond. Um, you know, probably some jackass bullshit where they're just pulling this kid and launched him out the side bank of the, of the retention pond into the parking lot. Uh, Sergeant Brittany Sturgeon said that the driver pulled the tube from the bank of the pool to the parking lot. 18 year old Garner was still on the tube when it landed inside the lot. She explained by Sturgeon to WEAR TV. She added that this is a very heart wrenching and unusual case. Very tragic. Just a straight tragedy. It's very tragic all the way. It is tragic. It's kids doing dumb kids stuff. Uh, totally avoidable. All right. This is my last story of the day that I'm going to wrap up with. And this is uh, concerning a Missouri man who was convicted of killing his wife. And you might ask, well, why would this man kill his wife? Well, he killed her because he checked her search results. And what do you think her search results were in her Internet browser? Um, her search results were what to do. If your husband is upset that you're pregnant, mm. a jury has convicted a Missouri man of first degree murder and the death of his pregnant wife, whose battered body was found about a week after she was reported missing in 2019. In addition to the murder count, Bo Rothwell, 31 of Crave Coyer, was found guilty Thursday of tampering with physical evidence and abandonment of a corpse. Rothwell admitted killing his wife during his trial, but denied the killing was premeditated and sought conviction on a lesser manslaughter count. He testified during the trial that he bludgeoned the 28-year-old Jennifer Rothwell to death with a mallet at her home on November 11, 2019, during a heated argument over his affair with another woman. Uh, what kind of demented person do you have to be to actually take a mallet and bash somebody's head in until they die? That is a pretty sick fuck. So I hope this guy goes away for a long time. Um, Bo Rothwell testified his plan was to tell his wife about the affair, throw myself at her mercy, and hope for the best. Uh, Bo Rothwell testified that he hit his wife in the head from behind with a mallet, followed her as she stumbled toward the garage door, and hit her again. In the heat of the moment, I hit her again. I think I cracked her skull, and she fell down the stairs, he said. She was unresponsive. I couldn't tell if she was deceased. He faces life in prison without the possibility of parole when he is sentenced on July 8th. 
Uh, prosecutors painted Bo Rothwell as a meticulous planner and showed the jury his texts with the other woman, as well as a list of pros and cons he made for leaving his wife. Uh, well, you know, he's well thought out there, you know, list the pros and cons. It's like, you know, this one's my wife. Uh, this one's a whore that's sucking my schlong. I'd like to see that list of pros and cons. Um, anyways, uh, prosecutors painted, uh, he had reported his wife missing and police later found bottles of bleach in the home and a wet blood stained carpet. Investigators said the blood was his wife's. Um, he claims it haunts him every day. Jennifer Rothwell also had looked up what to do if your husband is upset about you being pregnant on her cell phone before she went missing. Police said her body was found about 45 miles northwest of her home and authorities said she was about six weeks pregnant when she died. Sad ass story, 100% for sure. That is horrible. And I'll tell you what, this has been Jake with the uh, news that's going on right now. I had some I had some other stories in here, but I don't think we're going to hit them today. I think we've exceeded our quotient, our quotient of, uh, uh, of you know news stories for the day. Terry McBride becomes first NFL player from same-sex marriage uh, parents. He was drafted. It doesn't really clarify whether he's a pitcher or a catcher or a, a, a center or, you know, a receiver, a receiver, a receiver or a quarterback. That was kind of a joke. Anyways, um, yeah, that's about it for today. All right. This is Jake, Jake with Radio Underland. Uh, like, share, subscribe, leave us a comment, and we'll talk to you later.